Amen. A senior saint walked into the local church one morning and a friendly usher greeted her at the door and asked her, where would you like to sit? And she said, I'd like to sit on the front row, please. And he answered and said, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, you don't really want to do that. She said, our, our pastor is a very boring. And she said, uh, young man, do you know who I am? And he said, no. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. And he said, well, do you know who I am? And she said, no. He said, good. <laughs> he didn't want her to reveal his transgression to the pastor, obviously. And we can identify with that because we all want our sins hidden. We want our sins covered. The teenager doesn't want her parents to know that she's been out past her curfew. The employee doesn't want his employer to know that he's been surfing the internet when he's supposed to be working. And we could cite a thousand examples like that, both minor and major. Ever since Adam and Eve hid from God after the very first sin, human nature has been to cover up and to hide our trespasses. They shame us. They embarrass us. So we want them hidden. We want them covered. But ironically, the Bible teaches that hiding our sins only makes matters worse, while the solution is found in acknowledging them. And God's Word says that our sins can be covered, but only if we ourselves uncover them. I invite you to turn with me to the 32nd Psalm, Psalm 32, as we look together this morning at the first five verses of that psalm. It is a psalm of David, one who uh, understood his own sin very well and was a man after God's own heart because he knew it and he ultimately acknowledged it, if not always immediately. Uh, always, ultimately. So Psalm 32, if you're able, I invite you to stand with me as I read these five verses for us. <clears throat> the Bible says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Thank you. Please be seated. <clears throat> now, one of the things that becomes apparent in the very first words of this psalm is that sin is universal and it is assumed in this text. It says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. That means there is no person 
who does not have transgressions and sins. The one who is blessed is the one who has those sins forgiven, covered. It doesn't say blessed is the man who has no transgressions, does it? That's because that person does not exist. We have all sinned. We generally use Romans 3.23 to make that point. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Paul in Romans 3 is actually quoting from Psalms of David. This one, but others, Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. From beginning to end, from the Old Testament to the New, the Bible asserts the universal sinfulness of humankind. We have all sinned. The one who is blessed is the one who has those sins covered. Pastor and author John Ortberg tells a humorous story that reveals the truth about human nature when it comes to this sort of thing. He talks about early in the marriage of his and his wife, they sold a car, a Volkswagen Beetle, in order to buy what he said was their first really nice piece of furniture. He said it was a sofa, a pink sofa, but for the kind of money they spent for it, it was actually a mauve sofa. <laughs> and the man at the sofa store told them how to take care of it, so they took it home. And uh, he said they had small children in those days, so you can probably guess what was the number one rule in their home after that sofa came in. It was, and I quote, don't sit on the mauve sofa. Don't play near the mauve sofa. Don't eat around the mauve sofa. Don't touch the mauve sofa. Don't breathe on the mauve sofa. Don't think about the mauve sofa. On every other chair in the house you may freely sit, but on this sofa, the mauve sofa, you may not sit, for on the day you sit thereon you will surely die. <laughs> and then one day, he said, came the fall. A stain showed up on the mauve sofa, a red stain, a red jelly stain. He said to his wife called the man at the sofa store and he told her how bad that was. So she assembled the children to look at the stain on the sofa, all three of them. She said, children, you see that? That's a stain. That's a red stain. That's a red jelly stain, and the man at the sofa store says it's not coming out, not for all eternity. Do you know how long eternity is, children? Eternity is how long we're going to sit here until one of you tells me which one of you put the red jelly stain on the mauve sofa. Have you ever heard yourself talking to your kids that way? He said it was dead silence for the longest time. He said, I knew that none of them would confess putting the stain on the sofa because they had never seen their mom that mad in their lives. I knew none of them was going to confess putting the stain on the sofa because they knew if they did, they would spend all of eternity in the timeout chair. He said, I knew that none of them would confess putting the stain on the sofa because, in fact, I was the one who put the stain on the sofa and I wasn't saying nothing. He says, here's the truth about us. We've all stained the sofa. All of us. Not one of us is innocent. 
Sin is universal in the human condition. We have all stained the sofa. We have all fallen short of the grace of God. But the Bible here says, blessed is he whose sins are covered in verse 1. But then in verses 3 and 4 it says, but not the one who covers his sins. Blessed is the one whose sins are covered, but not the one who covers his sins. There's a, an implicit warning in verses 3 and 4 against keeping silent and covering up your sins once you become aware of them, once you know what they are. Now, believe it or not, awareness of personal sin is an expression of the grace of God. It is God's goodness that He reveals our sin to us. It would be very cruel of God to allow us to remain ignorant of our sin because the wages of sin is death. Were God not to reveal our sin to us, that would be sadistic, that would be cruel, that would be evil because in our sin we are headed toward death spiritually, physically, eternally. No one is ever at any greater spiritual danger than when they are unaware of their own sins. And St. Augustine in his Confessions wrote, My sin was all the more incurable because I did not think myself a sinner. That's when you're really in trouble. When you can't recognize your own sinfulness. That's why God's giving the law through Moses was an act of grace. Even though the law assures our guilt and condemns us because, as Romans 3.20 says, through the law we became conscious of sin. God in His grace and through the law and His Holy Spirit brings us under conviction of sin. But if we follow our sinful natures when that sin becomes obvious to us, if we try to cover up our sins, we suffer as a result of that. We suffer the byproducts that follow when conviction of sin remains unresolved. The, the Scripture talks about them in verses 3 and 4. David writes, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. That's, that's the hand of conviction. It was heavy upon me, he says. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. These are the byproducts of, of our sin and trying to conceal them, trying to hide them. Hidden sin affects every aspect of our lives. A woman lives in named Phyllis Elshoff was a runner. She was out running one day and something snapped in her left hip and pain shot through her body. She had to hobble home. She says within days, what turned out to be a tiny little hairline fracture at the top of her femur had thrown her whole body off. Not only did her left hip hurt, but so did her right hip. Then she began having pain in her knee. And by the time she was evaluated by a physical therapist, she was, as she put it, chugging a leave just to get around. What, what's happening, she wondered. She asked the therapist, what's going on? And the therapist said, that's compensation. 
Her right hip hurt because she was covering for the injury in the left hip. And her left knee hurt from diverting stress on her hip. The entire band of muscle stretching from her left hip to her knee had even tightened up to protect the, the injury. Compensation. And she says, how like sin in our lives. You think one broken area isn't a problem, but you soon find yourself covering for it. And before you know it, you're suffering in other areas as well. Sin always requires compensation. And she's right. If we try to hide and cover our sin, push it down, repress it, it comes out in ways we can't predict. It affects every area, every component of our lives and our well-being. Well, then if covering our own sins is a, is a mistake... But blessed is he whose sins are covered. How do we get our sins covered? Thank you for asking. David tells us in verse 5 the secret to the blessedness found in verses 1 and 2. In verse 5 he says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you, to God. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. So if we uncover our sins, then He covers our sins, if that makes sense. If we confess, He will cover. The Bible says the very same thing in the New Testament. In 1 John 1, 9 it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins. And note that in verse 5, the plural is used there. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And that Hebrew word is plural, and plural, I think, for a reason. Have you ever tried blanket confessions? Lord, for, forgive me for all my sins today. I want to get a good night's sleep tonight. Thanks. And then you, you toss and turn. A blanket confession, uh, it, it, it just doesn't really do the trick, does it? A fellow named Roger Barrier wrote in a men's Christian publication, Men of Integrity, he says, when he left for college, his mother, uh, who'd always done his laundry, the way our mothers do as we're growing up, at least mine did, thankfully, Maybe they don't these days, but I'm glad I grew up when I did. He said his mother sewed a canvas duffel bag and gave it to him, and she told him, she said, put your dirty clothes in this, uh, in this laundry bag, and at the end of the week, wash them at the laundromat. So the week went by. Seven days later, he took his dirty clothes to the laundromat. And uh, then an idea hit him. He said, to save a little time, I threw the duffel bag in the washer, put in some laundry detergent, inserted the proper change, and turned on the machine. Moments later, he said a loud thump, 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 thump echoed through the laundromat. A pretty Baylor co-ed, he says, approached me with a grin. I watched you load your washer I think the clothes would get cleaner if you took them out of the bag. He says, one day, 
when my relationship with God was hurting, he said, I realized that that laundry episode had a lesson in it for me. He says, I remembered that and realized the way I confessed sins. Dear God, please forgive me for all the sins I've committed today. It was about as effective in cleansing them as my first attempt at washing clothes. Each sin needs individual attention. Each sin needs individual attention. And God will remind us of those sins if we open up our minds and let Him. That's when the conviction comes. Sometimes I pray through the, the seven deadly sins, asking God to forgive me because uh, in, invariably I'm guilty of all in some way or another. Pride and anger and envy and lust and sloth and all of those things. But the good news is that when we sincerely confess, evidenced by repentance, then our sins are forgiven, verse 5 says. That confession is what lifts the weight of conviction from our shoulders, from our consciences, and sets us free. And believe me, those things can hold us for years and years. I had a, a rather unusual experience. In fact, two in the last month. Two guys from years ago contacted me to confess and ask, uh, offer apologies for something that they had done to me or thought about me or an attitude they had had or something uh, a dozen years ago or more, twice in the last month. And these are good guys, obviously. They listen to the Lord. It may take them a while, but they listen to the Lord. And I didn't even remember what they were talking about. I had completely forgotten it. But it had weighed on their consciences for all those years. And even though they don't interact today, they both seem to have been impressed by the Lord in the same, same time frame to, to own up to that. And they were set free by it. I said, hey, you're a good guy. You've always been a good guy. You keep sticking with the Word. You keep following the Lord. You're going to be just fine. And all of that weight of guilt for years instantly gone. We're not only forgiven of our sins, we have our sins covered. That's significant. Significant in a way even David didn't realize when he wrote this psalm. Our sins are covered, not just forgiven. I'll tell you one more story about that before I finish. It's from uh, Lee Strobel, the Christian author and apologist and uh, pastor, minister. He got a phone call from an acquaintance of his who had a, a, a rather embarrassing request. His friend said that his little girl had been caught shoplifting from the church bookstore and he wanted to know if Strobel would represent the church so she could come into his office and apologize to teach her a lesson about such things, and Strobel uh, 
said he would do it, but he had a bigger lesson in mind. He said the next day, the parents and their eight-year-old daughter came into my office and sat down. I said, tell me what happened. And uh, the little girl started to sniffle. She said, I saw a book that I really wanted, but I didn't have any money. So I put the book under my coat and took it. I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't do it, but I did. And I'm sorry, and I'll never do it again, honest. Well, Strobel said, I'm so glad you're willing to admit that. That's very brave. It's the right thing to do. What do you think an appropriate punishment for that might be? And she shrugged her shoulders. She didn't know. He said, well, I understand the book costs $5. I think it would be fair if you paid the bookstore $5 plus three times that amount, which would make the total $20 restitution. Do you think that would be fair? She said, yes. As she nodded, she, she could see it was fair. But now he saw fear in her eyes because $20 was a mountain of money for a little kid in that day. Where would she ever come up with $20, he thought. Well, I wanted to use this moment, he said, to teach her something about Jesus. So I opened my desk drawer, removed my checkbook, and wrote out a check on my personal account for the full amount. I tore off the check and held it out to her. Her mouth dropped open. I'm going to pay your penalty so you don't have to. Do you know why I do that? She shook her head. She was bewildered. He said, because I love you, because I care about you, because you are valuable to me. And please remember this. That's how Jesus feels about you too, except even more. That's what I mean by saying our sins are covered. Not just forgiven, but covered by the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who shed His blood on the cross of Calvary to cover our sins. The one who gave His life in penalty, in payment for our sins, in, in restitution, however you want to think of it. It is by His sacrifice that we are made whole that our sins can be forgiven, that they can be covered, and that we can escape their penalty. And then we can confess with the, the psalmist, with David, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Our sins are covered covered by Christ. Are your sins covered? If not, confess and ask His forgiveness and He will give it to you and cover your sins today. Pray with me. Father, we are blessed to have our sins covered by the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed that you have given that gift to us if we will but receive it. Because we are all guilty. We've all sinned. We've all stained the sofa. None of us is righteous. No, not one, as the Scripture says. But Lord, we are grateful that we can have our sins forgiven and covered
by your Son and our Savior, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that if someone in here this morning is, is laboring under a heavy conscience, if they're experiencing the conviction of sin that your Holy Spirit reveals to us, I pray that you would give them the courage to acknowledge that sin, to confess that sin, to, to seek forgiveness from whomever they may have sinned against, especially if it is you, Lord, as all sins are against you. And I pray, Lord, they might experience the release, the liberation, the freedom that comes from confession and repentance and find your forgiveness. Make it so today in this place, God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our hymn of invitation.